All right. Good morning, Paradox family. Happy Sunday morning to you. It's a weird greeting, but uh, it's a weird place to be. I'm surrounded by uh, three cameras, and uh, and that's about it. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to um, kind of be with you in some weird uh, virtual sense. So it's just Andrew and I are here, and he's uh, locked away in in uh, you know quarantined in the back media room. Uh, but uh, here we are. Just got a um, uh, you know a little word of encouragement uh, for us as a community. And uh, yeah, I do have. Oh, I've got the uh, live stream here on my phone. So uh, the Wilson Martin and Teresa Rod, Vanessa, Kim, Ron and Karen, Heleni, Tia, Kerry. I can see Letitia's watching. Lindley Talbot's watching, Kathy Phillips-Jones is watching, Luke's watching, oh, save me a seat. I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, good morning, Janine, uh, Vanessa, Amy, Christy, Lisa Marie, Stanway. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Wherever you uh, happen to be uh, this morning, it is good to, uh, to be with you. Uh, so I wanted just to share a, uh, um, a word about, so last week I spoke about us being um, light, carriers essentially uh, to the nations and uh, and so we are ones that are to be carrying light ourselves to be filled with light with the light of Christ and that light is Jesus himself so as we are filled with Jesus but it's also that we get to be life uh, givers life bringers to the world as well and so in along that same uh, kind of vein uh, is that uh, this other word of being peacemakers uh, and so we are ones that are to be filled with the peace of God and to be releasing that peace wherever we go. Now, we are in a season of where there is a lot of chaos and panic uh, in the world. There is a lot uh, going on, a lot of fear that people can come under. And uh, I think, you know, hopefully, you know, there's that sense of, uh, at least in Australia, even as uh, with the steps that are being made, um, that the, they're flattening the curve of the uh, spread of the coronavirus. But uh, still, in, the, in seasons like this where the circumstance shifts, uh, it, it reveals really what is or isn't on the inside of us. Uh, and so you might have found yourself at different moments um, to different degrees, uh, just finding a lack of peace internally within you where maybe some of that panic and chaos um, has, ha has had an impact uh, on your life uh, with the um, lack of uh, knowing what the future holds, you know, circumstantially for you and how that can produce um, you know, concern, fear, and a lack of peace um, coming out of us and, and kind of rolling around on the inside. Uh, but we know from uh, the Bible, and there's a lot of talk about peace, uh, and that we are to be the ones that carry peace and are filled with peace. And the first point of that is because the one that we follow in Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And we find this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. I love that word, that governmental uh, reign of Jesus. And we are, again, as the ecclesia, we are that spiritual governing body. And it's interesting, and I don't want to pull too much out of the, uh, the, the language here in the scripture, um, but there is something that says the government shall be upon his shoulder. Now, who are we 
in the body of Christ. If he is the head, then we make up the rest of his body. And so part of that governmental responsibility really resides on the people of God to be carrying that responsibility. The government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called. So his nature is wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. So Jesus is, this is Isaiah prophesying about Jesus, the coming Christ, and we know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So he is the ruler of peace. He is the one who, who governs and exercises under peace, but also releases peace to his people and then through his people to the nations. And this word peace there, that is, so the, this is the, uh, the Hebrew language translated into English. This word peace is actually the Hebrew word shalom. And this word, as you may or may not know, carries, I guess, a much broader definition than just simply peace of what we might understand peace to be. But essentially, it's, it's uh, you could think of it in like divine order, everything coming into right order. Uh, it, it does translate as peace and wholeness. And even it, it really represents an internal wholeness. I don't know if, if you caught any of Phil Mason's teaching uh, during the week um, that they put up from Tribe Byron Bay, but, uh, you know, he, he really went into this uh, this picture, but, but a part of what Jesus carries and what he releases and what he does in the body of Christ is to bring us into wholeness. And again, it is this internal wholeness. It's heart wholeness. And you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the heart journey and heart healing, but the, the importance of it is because whatever we are manifesting internally is what we're going to manifest externally. And I think, again, we can, we can look at our journey with Christianity as being something that, well, I can manifest externally from Him, almost that it bypasses me, and I'm just the, you know, the messenger of, what, of who Jesus is and what He does. But the way that God communicates to us and the way that He has set up the kingdom is that we would become first carriers of something and then we go and we release it. So the, the authority and the responsibility that resides upon us is massive as God's people, that we don't just pray, God, would you do this? Because God is, when God has commissioned us and commanded us to be the ones that would go about and do that. So a little bit of an explanation. Shalom is taken from the root word shalom, which means to be safe in mind, body, or estate. It speaks of completeness, fullness, or a type of wholeness that encourages you to give back. So even in this word shalom, as it's coming in, it has a natural response to want to pour back out again. So as we are receiving the shalom of God, it is then it has this natural inclination for us to want to pour it back out again. It says to generously repay something in some way. True biblical shalom refers to an inward sense of completeness or wholeness. Although it can describe describe the absence of war, a majority of biblical references refer to an inner completeness and tranquility. So again, shalom is something that comes and manifests itself, but it first really starts in us, in God's people, that we would come into that completeness and wholeness ourselves, that we would be uh, carriers of the shalom of God. And I love, you know, I, I pray often over, over our kids, at, uh, particularly at bedtime, just that shalom peace of God. But again, it's not just that peace, that sense of tranquility or calm. It's the wholeness, the healthiness, the divine order of God coming and manifesting internally. And that's as God's people. That's what we are to live in. You know, the Bible says that, uh, you know, that we 
have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That we're not to be a people that come under that, but it means that power, love, and a sound mind, that manifestation of the kingdom, that shalom of God is that internal reality. So anything that stirs up in us that is contrary to the perfection of Christ is something that God wants to uproot and pour in the opposite of. So even in this season where there can be chaos and panic and we can step into um, disorder in our lives, and sometimes disorder can look like being very ordered. It's like if we become controlling, then we can order our life, but it's actually disorder because control is not part of the kingdom. And so when we, when we recognize that as the circumstance puts a pressure on us, it almost pushes out that which is not of the kingdom that God wants to change and shift in us. And one of these realities is where the shalom of God, if that's not uh, manifesting in us, then we need to recognize, well, Lord, there's something that's not right internally. Because again, for me to be right internally is then for me to be manifesting that externally and to be a blessing to the world around us. So peace is not the absence of war. It's not circumstantial, but it is the presence of Christ himself. That's what peace looks like for, for the, pe the people of God. Really, it, it is irrelevant almost what is happening around us whether we're in sickness or in health, whether financially we're going well or we're, or we're not doing well, whether our relationships are healthy or in turmoil, the peace of God can reside and should be residing in us, bringing order and rest and peace and that shalom of God internally. Now, again, it doesn't mean it's not a denial system. It's not this avoidance of things to say, oh, well, this is, I'll just pray the shalom of God and then actually not care about fixing my relationships or, you know, not going and, and, uh, and getting a job so I can be responsible financially. It doesn't exclude our responsibility as God's people, but it's certainly something that our circumstances will are always a revealer of what happens on the inside. And that's a huge just part of the, of the journey with God. And this is where God works out all things for the good of those who love him. Again, it's not that he's working out necessarily everything externally, but sometimes it's the utilization of, the, of what is happening around us that's exposing what is within us. And then God works within us to produce the reality of the kingdom within us so that we can then manifest the reality of the kingdom around us. So this peace of God is a protective peace. And again, it's a peace that is not necessarily always logical. We read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, and it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this peace of God, it surpasses understanding. It's not necessarily a logical peace, which would make sense. And if my circumstance is chaotic, and yet I'm resting in this peace, well, that doesn't make logical sense. It should say, well, my circumstance is chaotic, so therefore, really, I should be in agreement with that reality out there. But, but the fact is, there's a greater reality that exists within us. There's a greater reality in Jesus. And uh, there's an important thing that unless we come into agreement with the greater reality, then we will not just... Um, receive the fruit of chaos and come into agreement with that, we also won't be able to manifest the opposition to that. 
And that's who we are in this world, in this moment. We have hope. We have the answer to all of the world's problems. And his name is Jesus. But if we are coming into agreement with the way of the world, then we actually don't and we're not manifesting internally and then externally the reality of Christ, then the world stays the same. That the government of God is not resting upon the shoulders of the church. It's just not because we are coming into agreement with the governmental ways of the world. I don't mean government, I mean spiritually, like we're just coming into agreement with those things and we're submitting to them when we are supposed to be the ones that are setting the standards, setting the tone, setting the culture. We should be, again, a thermostat, not a thermometer. We're not supposed to be measuring the temperature and coming into alignment. We're supposed to be setting the temperature of what is happening in the world. But unless we're understanding that, if I'm not carrying the shalom of God, I cannot be releasing the shalom of God. And the way that I carry it more is when I let that divine order shape me internally so that I can be a carrier of His presence. And this peace that surpasses all understanding will be a guard. It will guard our hearts and it will guard our minds. It will guard our beliefs and it will guard our ways of thinking. Both of those things are really, really important. Paul talks a lot about, particularly in the book of Romans, about renewing our mind, the importance of our mind, our our natural cognitive thought processes. They're really, really important, but we, we don't just want to be in our head. We also need to be in our heart and recognize that our internal belief systems and those two things being in agreement with one another, not just saying, well, I'm just not going to think about it and hopefully it'll go away. No, we need to be thinking rightly and believing rightly and those two things. But that shalom of God, that peace of God will actually be a protective guard around us so that our heart doesn't start running off in all sorts of crazy ways and our mind doesn't start running off in all sorts of crazy ways. Even the Apostle Paul speaks of this uh, in the book of Ephesians, you know, that we'd not be tossed to and fro, uh, you know, by these ways, this, this cunning deceit and these different kind of teachings and doctrines. It's, you know, something new comes in and all of a sudden we're, we're persuade like this, but the peace of God is a steadying reality. It's a steadying peace. It's a, that's an order coming in and we get to rest in that place and say, regardless of the circumstance and even regardless of what is happening in me, I get to bring those things into that divine order. I, I am to let the spirit of Christ manifest in me to bring that into right order. Ephesians chapter two, starting at verse 13. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen. This is the important reality of of us sharing communion. And I'm loving that we're getting to do that every day as a community. But because you've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. That's the reason why you can come close to him is because he shed his blood for you. And it says, verse 14, for he himself is our peace. Jesus is our peace, not what's happening in the world around us, not what's happening in our, in our closest sphere, not even what's happening within us, but Jesus himself, the manifest presence of Christ in you is your peace. And he has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. There is no more hostility between you and God. There is no anger and, 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 and bitterness and aggression from the Father towards you in any way, because Jesus is broken down where sin brought a division. Jesus, through his body, has severed and broken through that division. He has made a way. And he has done this by abolishing the law of commandments and expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself 
one new man in place of the two, so making peace. So again, God, in, in all the divine order of the heavens, God has brought peace between us and Him. That's the first step. The most important thing is that God has brought us into right relationship. God has brought us into divine order with the Father. Because again, you were created to have fellowship and intimacy with the Father. So at the fall, when that was broken, your, 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 the identity of the curse that came into humanity was not the original divine order that they were supposed to live in. So for all of humanity up until the point of Christ, for all of history up until the point of Jesus, the, things were out of order because humanity was created to be with God and to rule and reign under His authority and to rule and reign in the earth. And there was this brokenness. So Jesus came in to restore that divine order. And the first point is, is restoring the relationship between the Father and the Godhead and humanity. And Jesus has done that, and He continues to do that. That is the mandate that we carry as the people of God, is that we would be ones that would carry that ministry of reconciliation into the world, reconciling God and humanity again, person to person, every individual coming back into right relationship with Him. So He has made peace, and He might reconcile us both to God and in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and he preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Now, this is important, and I'll kind of get to a bit more of it, but verse 20, it says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. So if you know anything of, of their ways of, of construction and building in the past, obviously they had, you know, some kind of tools, but they didn't have laser levels and all of these kind of wonderful things that we have today. Um, but they, what they did have is once the foundation was laid, they would put the cornerstone in, and that cornerstone, essentially, when they laid that block, everything else was measured off that cornerstone so their heights the directions in each each way was built off that cornerstone so for us uh, as as the people of god everything in our life must be built off the cornerstone of christ everything that we do every direction that we go if it's out of alignment with the nature of jesus then there's something wrong so we have, we have to look to him and say what is the nature of jesus and the more that i study who he is the more that i grow in fellowship with him and get to know him through the holy spirit the more i understand this is how i am to build my life to build my life on the cornerstone of jesus but there is an important aspect here that the foundation was laid by the apostles and the prophets so there is an apostolic and a prophetic foundation that is inherent in the church of God and therefore the people of God. So again, that apostolic in terms of that, that sending mandate sent by God. Apostolos means to send. And so we are a sent people. And that prophetic call is, is always then coming back to faithfulness to Jesus. So it's to remain faithful to God as we are sent by God. That's what Jesus did. He was faithful to the Father. He did everything that the Father commanded him to do. Everything the Father was doing, that's what Jesus did. But there was a, the sending reality of Christ that he came into the world 
and in obedience to the Father accomplished all the works that he had for him. So we too are being built. The church is being built on this foundation that was laid and there's a right order of that foundation and I believe that God is restoring that. I believe that God is restoring a right foundation to the body of Christ. And it's interesting because even with this, this, you know, coronavirus thing, it is a global pandemic. There's nowhere... I mean, I'm sure there's some countries and smaller areas that haven't had any because they closed their borders super early and haven't had anyone that's infected there. But it really is. It's on the global scale. Every country. It's not like even how the bushfires, and I mean, as horrific and, and, and bad as they were, they were really isolated to Australia. And so the world was looking to Australia and saying, wow, that's a really bad situation that they find themselves in as a nation. But this is one where every nation is touched by this. Every nation is having to go through these protocols. Every nation is, is being impacted by this. Every nation is shutting down and, and withdrawing from, you know, en engagement in a lot of ways. And the church in particular. You know, I don't think that persecution could ever be as widespread um, as what um, this pandemic has been. You know, there, are, there is persecution happening every day all around the world thousands upon thousands of Christians being martyred for their faith. But again, there'd be many nations that just wouldn't, you know, that kind of wouldn't fly, that level of persecution. And yet the way that this pandemic has caused a, a separation and a disconnection within the church, because gathering is, is kind of part of who we are, doing life on life. Now, again, if we never got to gather together in a big room on a Sunday, there's still those smaller household gatherings, and we can't even do that. So there is a real... Um, a, a, a kind of drawing out and a separating and a disconnecting. And for me, I'm not, I'm not excited about having a global pandemic. I'm not excited about the fact that it's really impacting people's lives in a no, lot of negative ways. And, you know, people are dying from this. It's really serious. But the positives that are coming out of it, I think is, is, it's um, breaking our reliance with ways of behaving as the church that although not bad, are not the fullness of what God would have for his people, that we sometimes can tune out and particularly tune out of the apostolic mandate upon the people of God to live as a sent people because we become content with gathering when the Lord's intent is, is the scattering. It's the both and, but there's, we, we put such a high priority on the coming together and yet we don't live in the fullness of what it looks like to live in that scattered place, uh, you know, just as leaven of the kingdom in the world. And so for me, that's the, the element of excitement here is well, what are you doing, Lord, and, and how are you bringing this about? because there is something in the way that God has established his kingdom to operate. And if it's not operating in that way, it just doesn't work. The, the order of the church, the way that the church functions will fulfill its goal. Now, if we are not functioning in, in the way that God has set it up to function, then we're just not operating in our fullest potential and therefore not having the greatest impact that we could have for the glory of God. So our mandate is to, is to bring divine order, the shalom of God, to creation. It was found in, in the original uh, mandate given to Adam and Eve, to be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. That subjugation of the earth was part of that. So the Eden was this, uh, this representation of heaven on the earth. And they were to take the, that reality of Eden and then start to manifest that all over creation, bringing order to creation, bringing that shalom, that divine order, that peace of God to every area of creation. Now, again, that mandate was lost at the fall, but then it was restored 
in Jesus. And this again is where it's important to understand the full picture of the good news of Jesus is that he is restoring what was lost at the fall. He's not just trying to get people, you know, out of hell and into heaven and, and uh, you know, just so that your sins can be forgiven, you can, you know, lead a happy and healthy life on earth. He's, he's restoring all things back to the original order and, and, and creation mandate. So we understand that and we see then in, in the book of Luke in particular, in, in chapter 10, you may have uh, read this before, where Jesus sent out the 70 or the 72, um, there's different kind of translations have a, have a different number there, um, but where Jesus sends them out. So groups of disciples that were following him, he sends them out. So 35 groups of two people and he sends them out into every town that he was about to go. And then they go in there and they release the shalom of God. But it's interesting that if you read in Luke chapter 9, it first starts by him sending out the apostles. So he sends out the apostles into every town and then he sends out the disciples. So Luke 9, starting at verse 1, it says, And he called the twelve together and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So this is important to recognize that when Jesus when he mandates us, he actually gives us the power and authority to go and accomplish that task. And you and I, we have power and authority under the Lordship of Jesus over all demons and to cure diseases. Amen. That should shape our prayer life and that should shape our behavior around uh, things that are out of order with the kingdom. And it says, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. So he sends them out. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey. So again, this doesn't take uh, a huge amount of resource. It takes no resources. It just says, as you go, do these things. It says, take no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, and do not take even two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave the town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. So we see in Luke chapter 9 that that apostolic sending goes out, that the apostles go and they lay this foundation then for what is to come with the rest of the disciples that are following Jesus. So we read in Luke uh, chapter 10, starting verse 1. Or verse 2. Uh, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two. I find this very interesting. The, the maximum number of people that can be meeting together in public, obviously if you have your family with you, but two individuals, it's two people. Jesus sent them out two by two. I don't want to make a big deal about that, but it's just interesting. The kind of, even the prophetic uh, expression in, found in this social distancing and what is put upon us, that this is, this is the maximum you can do. Well, you know, that's all it took for Jesus. He, he, wasn't, he didn't send them out 10 by 10 or 50 by 50 or 100 by 100. He sent them out two by two. And he sent them into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So again, there was a foundation being laid for the coming of Jesus into those places. So preparation for the coming of Christ. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This is the reality of where we are today. The harvest is plentiful. Those that God has appointed for salvation, it's innumerable. And yet it's us who are the ones who are low in number. 
And I think, again, for God, for us to pray to God to do something that we're not willing to do is hypocrisy. But we've got to first say, Lord, as a laborer in your harvest, send me out into the harvest field. And I, run it, I reckon if you ask the Lord that question, he'll answer you, I already have. Because right now, you're probably sitting in your home, maybe in bed or in your lounge room, wherever you are in the living room, and you are positioned by the Lord as a sent one in the world with everything that you need to bring the kingdom of God and release the shalom of God into your household and into the households that are around you. That circumstantially, we all live as sent people. We just don't always acknowledge the fact that I've been sent by God into this place, into this workplace, into this school, into this family, into this neighborhood. Everywhere that I go, I live as an apostle of Jesus, an apostolic one. So it says, go your way, beholding, behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. So again, it's not always a safe place. It says, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Don't take with you all of these things that are going to self-protect and self-provide, but live in that reliance of the Lord. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house, shalom to this house. And if a son of peace or a person of peace is there, your peace will rest upon them. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Now, this is, a, again, a really important thing. So it's like you enter in, and this can be entering in, obviously we can't necessarily enter into physical houses at the moment, but when we encounter people that we release, and if we know what the shalom of God is, and we're carrying it, we're familiar with it, we know what it is to release that shalom into a place, onto a person. And what we find then is that people are receptive to that reality, that interaction that we have with them. And there is a whole, there are church planting principles based on, all around the person of peace understanding. And this is where people are in, you know, in oftentimes in foreign countries, but you can do it locally as well, is that just as you're going around, and, and I know I've done it before and, and I want to encourage us to be doing it, but that you would, you know, just prayer walk and go around and when you interact and you just find favor with certain people and they're drawn, they want to have conversation and they're open to what you're sharing and they're, they're interacting back and forth and that can be a person of peace. And what it is, is that person of peace is also a doorway into a household and in, in that household is then connected to other households and so there is a way that the good news of Jesus flows from person to person but there are people that are receptive already to that peace of God, that shalom of God, that order, that divine order of God. So there's an openness there. But what we have now in this circumstance and the houses that are surrounding you, even right now, you could probably look out the window, see someone else's house, that there are, there are people that need the shalom of God, that are hungry for that divine order of heaven, and you carry it within you. And God is wanting to manifest it more in you, but also manifest it through you so that you would be just like these disciples. Everywhere that you go, when you go to the shopping center, Instead of being frustrated by the length of the line, you can manifest the shalom of God over every single person that you're waiting a meter and a half away from. 
just manifesting, praying, praying in tongues, just releasing, God, just release your shalom in this place. As people are in chaos, I've heard so many stories about people even, you know, going into a shopping center and uh, or being in a shop and then and the shopkeeper just recognizing there's something different upon that person. When you enter in, the, the atmosphere changes. I think Bill Johnson shares stories of that sort of thing. But that's when we are so filled with the fullness of God that we are manifesting it around us. The, you know, the disciples, when they would walk past people and their shadow would heal people. God was so full in them that he was spilling out. Even their shadow had that power of God to heal people. And that is normal Christianity. That's the normal Christian life for us. And yet how often we don't live even what is basic normal Christianity. And I think sometimes it's because we just simply don't recognize it. It's not that we need to conjure something up or grit our teeth and try harder. It's just that we just need to acknowledge, I'm a, I'm a shalom carrier. I'm a peace carrier and I'm a peace maker. I'm not just to carry this piece and be, oh, I'm, I'm so glad I'm at peace. I have something to give away. And it's a supernatural reality. It's the presence of God that carries that. So, and again, even as Jesus, because he was about to go to these places, it was like they were releasing the shalom of God in preparation for Jesus to come. So you carry a preparation mandate as well. That even just through those interactions, then it, it, it positions somebody to then receive Jesus by you releasing the shalom of God over them. You know, I had a, a, a dream like it was just like a little, I don't know if it was a dream, it was just like a, a word that came to me during the night, probably a week or so ago. Uh, and I, was, I felt like God was saying, I saw a big reset button and God was saying, you know, it's time to press the reset button. And, uh, and I believe there is a divine reset that is happening for the church, that God has scattered the body of Christ. And it's his intention then that when it gathers again, it gathers in a right order. And this is why for me, you know what? I don't feel like I need to fulfill some sort of religious thing by doing a sermon on Sunday. And again, I haven't felt even as a church, you know, let's, oh, let's you know, do the worship thing and do it all, you know, into your living room because that isn't, there is no such thing as church. We are the church and we're supposed to be operating as the church in every sphere. But for me, this is me here apostolizing you uh, to send you out into the world wherever you are. That's the purpose of, of why I would even wake up. You know, I woke up this morning, I've got a really bad headache and uh, I've had Panadol and, uh, and Barocca and, and a coffee and I'm, I'm fighting through. But it's important for me to release this word because where you are now is what is important. That actually you are more positioned than you would be if you were here with me in this building, you are more positioned to bring the kingdom of God, release the shalom of God. Even right now, you can just start releasing it, to start praying in tongues and to start releasing, Father, just release your shalom over this place, over, over my household, God, that divine order of heaven over my household, over my family, over the room that I'm sitting in, Lord. And I ask that you would spread that from my house to to the houses around me, Lord, you would start bringing that divine order of heaven, Lord, that you would make me such a, 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 a conduit, a vessel of shalom, that as I would go and when I do the food shopping or, or when I'm you know, out walking that, I'm just releasing that and leaking that everywhere that I go. But I believe God is resetting some things and he's bringing them back to right order. I also had, a, had two kind of little dreams this morning. Uh, one of them was where I was um, on, it was like I was 
maybe on the east coast of Australia or something like that, but I had my personal vehicle, so my car that I have you know, in Perth, and it was over there with me, and there was this concern that the vehicle wasn't going to be returning home. There wasn't a way for me to get my vehicle kind of back home again. And I believe there's something in that where the Lord is not wanting to return the vehicle home but he's wanting the vehicle to stay out there. And that vehicle being us, that, that ministry, that mission that God has, often vehicles represent our ministry and our calling. But the Lord has this vehicle and he wants the vehicle to stay out there, not to look at how can I get my vehicle back into you know, the church, um, back into this place, but actually to release it, to stay out there and operating. And I also had a, uh, had a kind of dream during the night tonight and it was like, uh, it was me, but it wasn't me in terms of, I was, it was like I was a teenager and I was having one of those experiences like those kind of teen movies where they have a, like a holiday fling and they have, you know, like they meet this girl and fall in love, but then the holiday kind of ends. And, uh, and again, I, I just woke up immediately with that sense of that this would not be a holiday fling where th- there can even be the sense it's like, oh, we've just kind of pulled back and we're, even if you're finding rest and, and you're finding it being a home, being a, a peaceful place, this is not a holiday. God is doing a great work in you and he is resetting some things and we need to be engaged and actively processing what are you doing in this time, Lord? This is not just like, oh, that was just a nice kind of holiday moment and then I'm going to come back into normative, that the Lord is actively and he's wanting you to fall in love with new things in this season. He's wanting you to fall in love with new ways of being and new ways of operating and fall in love with new people that God has put around you so that you would stay in this place. This would not be a holiday season. This would not just be kind of a blip on the radar of the history of the church. And we would go like, oh, well, things were normal and now they're abnormal and I can't wait till they get back to normal. But I believe that God is saying there is a new normal for us as the church. This is our new normal. If we were never able to gather again corporately, would we be okay? Would we survive that? Would we adapt? Or would we just maybe pull back and slowly drift away? Maybe you're finding that in your heart. It's like, you know, I feel like I'm just, I've relied so much on where other people have made space for me and made a way for me and they've kind of taken the responsibility of of me learning and being equipped and being in fellowship and worshipping. Are you finding the same thriving at home? And if you're not, it's okay. Don't come under condemnation. But ask the Lord, God, change my heart so that I would be one that would carry those things, that I wouldn't be leaning always on other people to to structure that for me. But I'd be finding ways, Lord, I want to be a worshiper on my own. I want to to be a learner on my own. I want to be a a missionary on my own. And I don't mean on your own in isolation, but I mean that it would be in me, not something that other people are constantly asking me to do. You know, I love that, you know, out of all the things that, that have we haven't been able to do that the prayer room is carrying on because that's a priority of, of heaven is that we would be in prayer, in fellowship, in communion with the Lord and hearing what he is saying and partnering in with what he is doing. But I do believe that God is resetting the apostolic foundation and he's preparing for the sending of Jesus. He's preparing for the coming of Jesus 
and I'm not saying necessarily the second coming of Christ, but the, the spread, this harvest that is coming, this spread and expansion of the kingdom and salvation coming to the nations in a new way. But unless the church comes into agreement with this resetting of, of the order, this resetting, and again, the shalom coming first to the house of God, if we're not coming into agreement with that and saying, Lord, shape us, God, in this time. Lord, we don't want to return back to the, to the old normal. We want the new normal of what you have for us, Lord. And when the time comes, which I'm sure it will, that we can gather again together, Lord, that we would have a new way of thinking, Father, that that wouldn't even be the highest priority. The highest priority is that we would be wherever you are, Lord, doing whatever you have for us, God, that we'd start to see the majority of our time that is spent outside of a corporate gathering is you are in that as much as you are in the times that we gather together because you are in me and I'm in the world and you have a divine mandate for me to bring that shalom, that divine order of the kingdom of God to everywhere that I go. Otherwise, essentially, we are walking around every single day carrying the fullness of God in us, carrying the shalom of God, the divine order of heaven in us, and we don't release it anywhere that we go. What a waste. What a waste. So I pray that even the Lord now would bring a revelation to you of what you carry sitting right now where you are that you would understand and know this is who I am and this is what I carry and this is what God has called of my life. You know, the modern church has been built around gathering, but the church that Jesus established was built for scattering. He literally set it up so that wherever they would go, that would bring the kingdom of God. He understood this is what missionary life looks like to the disciples, go out two by two, go out into the place, go out into the world. He didn't send them out. He didn't send out the 72 to invite people to come and hear him speak. He sent them out with carrying as carriers of heaven to go and release that reality of heaven. And it's interesting, it's like shalom, peace, this divine order of God was what they carried and what he told them to release. And it's like when you bring that in and then you prepare the way for me to come. They were sent out with the divine order of heaven living in them that they could literally release into the households that they entered. They literally released it and they would feel it. I feel the shalom go out. Okay, it's not, it's not, there's nowhere for it to land here, so it's going to come back. You know, as Noah in the ark, when, they were, when the, the water started to subside and he sent out the dove, and he knew that if it, if it came back, then there's no land, that the water hadn't subsided enough. But if it, if it didn't come back, then no, okay, land is there. And it's like that representation of the Holy Spirit. It's, but it's like we can come into a place and we release, Holy Spirit, are you safe here? Holy Spirit, are you welcome here? And there's a yes, because he stays and he plants himself there. And we know that even in those relationships, we can say, God, you're highlighting this relationship. So I'm going to prioritize and invest. You might find with your neighbors, you know, this is that one neighbor. And I've, I've got a neighbor right now every day him and his daughter go for a walk down the street and there's just short interactions but sometimes I catch myself I'll, I'll give it like a quick hello and then I get back to the work that I'm doing but because I'm landscaping my front yard it means I'm present I'm like man I need to be more engaged and more active in that and be asking him more questions how are you going how are you finding you know this this season how are you finding this situation and tell me more about yourself and just asking those sorts of questions obviously from a meter and a half away we all get that but you know what I mean like this opportunity that is there right before me with someone as far as I know does not know Jesus is not filled with the shalom of God but I am and I have that gift to give to them God has positioned you where you are to bring divine order to your household and your neighborhood. That's why you live where you live. 
It starts in us, but it flows from us. As I said before, it was the call since creation. And God is restoring that creation mandate to us to be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. And again, that's the point, even as the church grows, is that we would be fruitful and that we'd multiply so that we can subdue the earth, that we can bring the earth in divine order, the, the, the original creator design of heaven. It's not so we can just gather more people together, but it's that we can be, live as that sent people, as an apostolic people being sent out. And again, that apostolic foundation that we are sent, but we are connected to the Lord through the prophetic, that we say that this becomes this priority as we go. We don't go out and just go do things and then come and return to the Lord. We go with Him because God is out there. God is out there. And I, want you to, I just want to encourage you to be expectant that you would encounter the Lord in your everyday life in the same way that you would in any sort of corporate gathering. But again, it comes by stewarding that which He has put within you. Let me pray for you. Well, Father, I just prayed a release and an activation, Lord, of this mandate of heaven for us to be releasing the shalom the divine order of heaven, the peace, God, wholeness, Father, wholeness and righteousness, Lord, into the earth, Lord, that we would take on that mandate, Lord, that we would receive it and we'd say, yes, Jesus, I am ready and I'm prepared. And Lord, I might be scared, but Lord, I know and I trust you that you're going to use me, Father, for your purposes, God, to bring glory to your name, to bring life and fullness and health and wholeness and transformation to those even just that live around me, Father, those immediate relationships relationships, God. And Father, I pray, Lord, for that peace, that manifestation of shalom to, to dwell in us, God, in greater measure, Lord. Even as you are bringing divine order internally, Lord, I thank you, Father, that peace, that shalom is, is based around our stance, not our circumstance, Lord. That what we are standing on, and we are standing on the rock of Jesus, Lord. And so, Father, wherever we are standing on sand, Lord, wherever we are standing on shaky ground, Father, wherever we are standing on things that, that can be moved at any moment, Lord, we pray that you would reposition our hearts, our minds, our intentionalities, on the rock of Jesus, Lord, so we can be unshaken, unmoved, regardless of the circumstance, Lord. But I just thank you, Father, for a manifestation of your shalom, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And it, Father, even prophetically, Lord, as this coronavirus, and this word corona means crown, Lord, even as it, it I just, I believe there is a, an element of, of kingly authority being restored, Lord, that it's even in that apostolic kind of kingly mandate, the ruling and reigning dynamic of the church, Father. And Lord, there, that I don't believe this, this virus is from you, God, but I absolutely believe, Lord, because you work out all things for the good of those who love you and accord according to your purpose, Lord, that you are using this, God, to reset and reshape your body, Father, so that we can be more effective in fulfilling the call and the mandate that you have upon your church. So we thank you, Father, that you are at work, that you are at work in us and amongst us, and we just say yes to you once again, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I really want to encourage you just to, even this week, you know, we're allowed to go and exercise and you can, you know, connect with someone else from your care pod, from your life hub, uh, from the church, Go for a walk and pray around the neighborhood that you live. 
go to different places and just be praying and have that focus, not just to exercise, but to be, Lord, just release your shalom. I pray over every doorway, every household that you walk past, just be praying the, the shalom of God, the peace of God, the coming of Jesus to over every single household, because there's probably people home, even right there, be praying in tongues, be asking God for, for pictures, for words of knowledge, you be greeting people as you go and just, I bless you, blessing, blessing, blessing. And again, look for persons of peace. You might find yourself that there's some a person that becomes them receptive to want to engage with you and recognize that that could be God's purpose and, and, uh, and direction in connecting you with that person. So I bless you today. I love you. I miss you. I am so looking forward to us gathering together again, but I'm also so excited about what God's going to shape in you and reshape even in your ways of thinking about how the kingdom operates and how he operates and his desire for the nations and that you would maximize this time. Again, this is not a holiday. This is uh, activation time for you to come into agreement with the shalom of God, the divine order of heaven, and to be releasing that everywhere that you go. I bless you. I love you. And we'll see you soon.